0: had a charismatic smile between his thin cheeks, a clever glint in his haunting eyes, and a friendly way about him. Despite Donovan's gruff tone and condescending attitude, he liked the kid. They all did. But, more important to Donovan and the rest of Second Platoon Charlie, they liked that once a week Rahim got his small, dark-skinned hands on a variety of magazines. Access to the Internet Cafe was severely limited, so physical magazines were still a prized commodity in this desolate corner of the world. Technically, Rahim wasn't supposed to be inside the camp. No civilians were to have access to the base without written orders from command, but the brass looked the other way on these deliveries by the kids. They understood the need for entertainment in the middle of all this insanity. The brass wasn't always out of touch, Donovan figured. These things suck, he muttered, rifling through the stack. I don't give a shit about time or business week. Where's the people or the us? But I- Hey, hey, Donovan interrupted loudly as he tossed most of the stack onto the passenger seat. Now we're talking Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and a hustler, he murmured. Why, you sly little shit. Raheem's smile beamed brightly through the dusk, settling down on the Humvees. I knew you would like, sir. Donovan thumbed quickly through the hustler, paused to stare wistfully at a long-haired blonde, staring back with a saucy expression, then glanced down at Raheem again. You scratch one out looking at her? He asked with a grave expression as he turned the picture of the nude blonde toward Raheem, and tapped the image of her huge breasts. Has this chick seen your little pecker? Rahim's eyes raced for the ground. What do you mean, Captain? Some of these pages are stuck together. The boy shook his head, mortified. I, I still do not understand. Donovan's battle glare evaporated, and he chuckled. He had a younger brother back in Des Moines who was Raheem's age and was probably hoarding his own stash of porn out in some dark corner of the family's dairy barn. Okay, okay. How much you want? He rolled his eyes as if he couldn't believe what he was about to say. Some of my guys actually read Business Week. Twenty, Raheem answered. Twenty? Bullshit! I'll give you five for all of them. Fifteen. Donovan raised his M27 so the barrel was pointed at Rahim's narrow chest. Ten! Rahim clenched his jaw, but nodded grudgingly after a few seconds. Okay, ten! With Donovan's ten dollar bill clasped tightly in his fingers, Rahim sprinted away, stopping only long enough to drop his backpack beside one of the huge gasoline tanks when he was certain no one was looking. Rahim had just made the most crucial delivery of his young life. The kid was only thirty feet outside camp walls when the IED inside the backpack ignited with an initial flash, then blew the gas tanks to hell with a scorching secondary blast so massive the force knocked the boy face down into the sand as he dashed for town. He and his two young friends had built the device using directions copped off the internet and supplies lifted from the streets. The blast killed 27 Marines instantly and wounded another 42, 14 critically. PFC Donovan suffered burns over 70% of his body, lost his left leg, most of his left arm, and half his face. He would hold on for 13 hours, but ultimately succumb. Commander McCoy stole through the darkness into a cluster of mud-brick homes on the north side of Duran. It was a beautiful, moonless evening at the edge of the desert, three nights after the bombing at FOB Porter, which so far had taken the lives of thirty-six Marines. Four of the wounded were still in critical condition at the hospital in Germany. McCoy slipped through the shadows until reaching a residence that was half-destroyed, then moved soundlessly into the rubble-strewn yard to a smashed window and peered inside. Rahim and the two boys he'd built the porter bomb with were crowded around a small table in the trash-strewn dining room.